0: Did you paint your shades or was that behind you? Um,
1: a couple of years ago, Emily was bored and we were home. Uh, she was home from school during the Summer Olympics. And I just said, "Do paint things.
0: Dang. So she painted that. Nice. Dang. I didn't know those shirts came in pink, Kev. Yeah, did I ever tell you the story? Mm-mm.
2: Kit, maybe about like two years ago, Kit told me, it was like right after she started preschool. You know, we had her insulated up until then. And she was at preschool for maybe about like three or four months, and she said, uh, "Boys don't wear pink." And I was like, "Why do you think that?" And mm-hmm. she said, uh, "A boy told her boys don't wear pink." So I ordered this black flag, and I ordered a Slayer one, and I was like, "Oh, boys wear pink." Ah, <laughs> you know, love it.
1: Good parenting there. Excellent I remember doing.
0: I remember doing that with Finn, and I went. I, we walked up to my closet, and I showed him my pink section. Yeah. Yeah, and that—that that was that. He, awesome. he has,
1: the he, only boys who don't wear pink are boys who are like false. false.
0: There are also boys that don't Brinks. eat quiche. Quiche is awesome. Right. Is that-
1: I, I'm so done with all these tropes and memes,
0: honestly. Oh, it's so silly. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's obviously absurd. Just is that really a thing? I've never heard, boys don't eat quiche. You've never heard, real men don't eat quiche? Oh, yeah, yeah that was a thing. That was like a bumper sticker. Before memes, yeah. that was like a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. Okay. Oh, like the original meme, meme. that's right. At, yeah. least, at least in, like, San Francisco. Like, I remember seeing that, and I'd be like, i be like, I love quiche. Well, yeah. I don't get Like, quiche is the most delicious... Yeah. Concoction you could possibly create. Yeah, it was probably a gay slur. I may, yeah, maybe. I so. Is it gay? quiche
1: like a uh, representative of like a? Is like a female genitalia or a male genitalia? It's Is it like well,
0: you well, know, quiche? Real men don't. Your eat way, it. I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is Steve with the Punch-Up Podcast. With me on this episode are Ian O'Shea. Hey, Steve. Jesse Preissendorfer. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. And our storyteller is Karen Getz. Karen, welcome. Huzzah. Lovely hey, to Steve. see you.
1: Hey. Oh, oh, hi. So what? What?
3: You, you, you started, started on
1: already? Yeah. Our storyteller. And now, entertain us, Karen Getz. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told the story in a really long time. So it, I'm probably lying for half of it because, I, you know, memory. Well, Come you're on. really
3: tapping into Ian tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right to his heartstrings.
1: That's because I miss you guys so much. Um, so uh, when I got out of college, right, I graduated from college and then I immediately had a panic attack and stayed in the house, like a real anxiety, like three months in the house because I had no idea. Mushrooms. If only no, it was I was just like um frozen. I went went back to Paris in Queens yeah. and I was like, okay, I have a degree in theater and dance. I have a degree in acting and dance. I'm in New York City, free room and board. And now what do I do? Yeah.
2: Where was this camera? Is this NYU?
1: No, I went to I went to State University of New York at Binghamton. I love it. <laughs> it's a school where it used to be that all the kids who went to Binghamton had a huge chip on their shoulder. Like I could have gone to Ivy League if I could have afforded, well, we didn't talk like that. We were like, I could have gone to an Ivy League school if my parents could have afforded to send me to one, but because I come from Queens and they have no money and it's pretty blue collar, I'm going to the best state university. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I buy it.
1: Which yeah. Where I went to study and I studied and I majored in, I started a major in creative writing in English because I thought I was gonna, I always knew I was gonna do theater and I, I always knew I was gonna be a movie star whatever, but I always thought, you know, I have a side gig, it's like a Pulitzer Prize winning author or something, yeah. you know?
2: The best at everything, but you know, they're side gigs.
1: The side gigs, the side, and besides like my brother went to Binghamton too, and he is a writer, and he majored in creative writing, and I thought, like, oh, I'll do that. So I did that for six months, um, but I immediately auditioned for a play and immediately like was just sucked into the theater department, so I was there, and um, I got brother, a degree. You, you were a theater kid? Huh. Huh, tell a surprise. Um yes, I was <laughs> me, shy retiring, you know,
0: yeah
1: stoic Karen. Um uh so I Mercurial. I am. I, um, so I'm in the theater department and I'm I got a degree in in acting and dance. Um and like I had to do, you know, things like the Shakespeare did all that stuff. Um and uh, actually, actually have a voice teacher who probably isn't like retired very soon after I went to that school my roommate and I because um she tried to get us to speak English and so like we came in doing Shakespeare and I was like alas poor York but that I hate thee deadly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oof. It was a ride you know and anyway so I I was very <laughs> successful in the theater department there and I like you know got a lot of leads and you know it was a big deal and Even our like senior year, we won the American Theatre College Festival. We went to to um, DC and we performed at the Kennedy Center.
0: Nice. That's so exciting.
1: That's pretty cool. It
0: really is. That really is so exciting at that age and like to be in that environment and like to win stuff as a as a you know, a needy actor. You know, as we all were, like I, I, I there were like little things in Oregon, and like like it just that was so thrilling to be, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, just to be acknowledged, you know, like like you know, a hundred folks or whatever it was. That's just so exciting to like do those things.
1: It really was. It was yeah. great. And it was an ensemble piece, and I was not the star of this at all. i was I was like a small part, but I got to wear character makeup, which I was very excited about. Mm-hmm. And um the director had seen. Um, probably Nicholas Nickleby be like a hundred times. So it was a very, it was an ensemble piece. We moved the set, we all played, you know, something that became very, very popular afterwards. We did that and um, oh my God. And even like before we won, we went to Allentown, and my boyfriend was the the villain in the play. It was a melodrama, an Irish melodrama. And um, we had this great fight scene. Like he had gone to fight school with the guy playing the lead. And um, there were these incredible combat actors and the bad guy was supposed to fall down this pit my boyfriend and then like um and be killed but on opening night in the semifinals, the lead fell down the pit and oh, it was
0: no.
1: a six-foot drop mm. and we were all like backstage going oh my god what's gonna happen and sure he, in, he jumped up six fucking feet grabbed the edge of the pit and pulled himself up and so we kept it in the show the, the adjudicators were there they thought it was like planned so, yeah, canny Center so that's, that's why, had the lead. he's strong finger acting he's great, Jamie Cheatham, he teaches uh, he's like the chair of acting at a university somewhere in the midwest that I should I'll know. say, but yeah, so, so I graduated school so- co- college was great. I loved college, and then I got home, and I literally was so anxious I couldn't leave the house. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, so i I think you know, my parents are really good at psychology, they were like. Just do something. Get out of the house. <laughs> that was a
3: popular psychology in that that era.
1: Yeah. So um, I would go to auditions. I just went to auditions for everything. And again, like, I, I didn't know I had ADHD. I mean, how do you not know? But I didn't know. And I.
0: Because it was, wasn't a thing. Yeah. You were an artist. Right. Which was uh, before ADHD.
1: Yeah, I was just that. Karen, you're gonna sleep till 12 o'clock? You're gonna sleep till one o'clock in the morning or afternoon, you know, that was the thing. But anyway, I, um, I'm being my, my mother, she's not gonna <laughs> <be> <laughs> So I went to an, an audition for everything. So I auditioned and I, and I back have a whole time. Describe like,
0: what, I mean, to, get, to find auditions, what did you have to do? Yeah. Oh
1: my God. Okay, so Just back a thousand years ago, Right. you got backstage. Magazine uh, is a like a newspaper, mm-hmm. and you went through all the non-equity and non-union calls, and you showed up. and I would go to Shakespeare calls, dance calls. I mean, I'll conflate and put together all these different auditions together. But like, you know, I got to audition for all my heroes. Like, I got to audition for Bob Fosse and have him laugh at me when I like dance in the room, and he was like, "You are this tall." It's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. I
0: To be fair, he probably had some bad coke that day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know, when I like did um, Shakespeare in the East Village when it was scary and not like gentrified like it is now, um, and uh, like we we turned, I joined this company and uh, we we turned a a church, a convent into a a Shakespeare center and that went on to be really cool. But the director had me playing all- It was a convent,
2: so you literally took thee to a nunnery?
1: I took myself, yes,
0: mm-hmm. ding, ding, ding. I mean, it was just the, it was just <laughs> chaos, right? It was just, it was just me- m- just melee, just like, it was just craziness. You mean
1: uh, it was the, alpha- it was Alphabet City. It was, yeah. I of my, my best memories are, not best, but scariest memories of walking down and seeing a guy with a stiletto knife strapped to his thigh, the length of his thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, you know, this, cra- I was like, I just did everything. So I I did that. I played a rock, an actual rock and a rock musical, a children's rock musical. I can
3: see that. You're very talented. Was that hard on your back playing a rock?
1: I was an asteroid and so I got to like uh, like I got to orbit a lot.
0: I get it. There was some there was some Some movement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Um and anyway, so I just went to every audition possible. And um actually I got I should say I did get cast right away because my brother was writing plays then and his play was being produced at the Bowery Lane Theater, which is in the East Village. And it was on a co-bill with another play. And I got cast in the other play where I was directed, it was a two person play and I was directed with my back towards the audience the entire time.
0: That sounds about
1: right. That's what I did. And I and went to dance class. So the, the thing is that you do, like, as a dancer, you get up and you go to take a 10 o'clock ballet class. And then you get into, like, maybe a, a dance company or studio. You get on scholarship. And you dance all day in between auditions. So I was doing that, too. And, um...
0: At this point, was there, like, dancing in the street or, like, at cafeterias or lunch halls, like, in Fame? Like, did people just break into... Everybody just knew the dance number and were like, I want cottage cheese! <laughs> So, was New York City in the 80s? Was yeah. So, oh, yes. Like- the answer is yes.
2: A lot of cocaine. That's exactly what was happening, Ian.
1: And also a lot of stepping over homeless people
0: or… <laughs> Ooh, you're disgusting.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, never, actually never would do that unless they were like trying to grab me or like, um, you know, New York was a much different place um, in the early 80s. So, I graduated in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, like a year after MTV. I mean, I'm a very old person. And I, I would actually go to Macy's. Um, the children's shoe department would play on their VHS, which was really high tech then. I I would go watch Star Wars every day.
2: Oh, cool. For free.
1: Cool. Anyway, and I'm dancing like on Seventh Avenue in the garment district. There's a dance studio there, and and you know I'm like trying to do the thing. And I I go to an audition for uh, Summer Stock, and what they do is they they have all the auditions uh, for like all the regional summer stocks.
3: One big audition in New York City.
1: So I got called back for a bunch of different ones and it came down to me choosing between uh, playing the lead at Dames at Sea with a company that I knew was mostly queer women and they were awesome. Or going to a company that I didn't really know much about and I didn't really know, like there were some ideas that maybe I would get to do this part of that part, but I knew it was mostly guy, like lots of guys, and I was really trying hard to break up with my boyfriend without actually breaking up with my boyfriend. So mm-hmm. I basically wanted to go away for summer and have an affair and like get rid of that relationship and, um, and do that.
0: So you went with the queer company. Right.
1: <laughs> so I didn't, I went with the Bucks County Playhouse Company. But, oh. Which back then was not union. Um, and it was like in this transition, and and like later on, the story is like they all burnt down. Like there was all this graft and um, like criminality. But at this point, you would go. I was a non-union gig, in, and they owned three playhouses. So you would rehearse a play at Box, then you'd go to Falmouth Playhouse in New England, and you'd. Oh, uh, open the show and, and you go to, or you'd open in Bucks, and you go to Falmouth for a week and then you'd go to Pocono Playhouse. All these places were terrifying. Like, yes,
0: did you see any of these shows? Yep. Well, I saw a lot of stuff at Pocono Playhouse. Yeah. yeah. Did you really? Uh, after I was grown, after I was out of school, we saw- oh, Out of high school? Out of college. Oh. Because we didn't spend any money to go anywhere when I was Oh, my
2: there. God. If it turns out that you've seen a show. You you must have seen Karen.
1: We... You, you, you would have seen Karen. I, I, what was the play you were in at the, one of the plays at the Pocono Playhouse? So I show up, like, you don't talk to them, and apparently I went to the wrong company. I was supposed to be in the Red Company, which was doing, like, all the dance shows. But for some reason, I showed up at the Blue Company, which was doing, like, the more actor-heavy shows. Um, and so, uh, and this is laughable because actor heavy, but uh, I was in it was Barnum, Sound of Music, and um, and Oliver.
0: I feel like Karen might actually be Alice in Wonderland. Pourquoi? Uh, you like you thought you were in one program, but oh. you're in a different one. But then you did shows with these people, and you just and then you just like it just and and you just have this beautiful way about you where whatever happens, flowers sprout yeah <laughs> it'll it'll work like just wherever you go there's a trail of flowers behind you and you're like oh, oh well,
3: okay this is where i am now yeah
1: alice is my favorite i was thinking the other night about like five desert island books and alice is my number one book always so ding 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 ding, ding, ding. Ian and i are totally connected tonight not yet buddy oh my bad so i show up at this company and they're doing barnum and um I, I don't know I, I learned how to juggle i learned how to balance on a ball whatever but really my goal is to get laid and to have like hot sex like and just, just have fun and um like we're, the combinations are terrifying like i in Pocono Playhouse it it was just like it was the hot spot for toxoplasmosis like do you know uh, what? Yes. Uh, there were so many feral cats like everywhere in the housing accommodations the
3: like place
0: actual fair cat. Okay, that's not a that's not an analogy
1: no okay.
0: real
3: thing Ugh. started by cats
0: yeah okay.
1: to control people
3: gross oh, thanks for the warning
1: yeah you're welcome that's what they do um gross and the company is like there's some real professionals and then but it's rinky dink right because we're rehearsing like 12 hours a day and then we get a
2: every once in a while, when recording uh, an episode, uh, technology fails us. And unfortunately, in this episode, uh, that happened. So what I'd love to do is bring back in uh, Miss Karen Getz and Mr. Steve Roney, and we will just uh, very quickly recap the portion of the episode that we missed. I believe it was the portion about the
1: whole thing. Yeah, I, I stopped with like, you know, I think the last thing I said in that was, uh... Before we lost you, Kevin, there was uh, I said these things were like there were professionals in this company, but it was it was a very rinky-dink operation. There was like no money. We were basically put up in housing that um it was I mean. We were young, so very few of us got sick very often. But like there were no sanitary considerations, and um and we were staying at um, these very old like, in Attached to the Theater, one of my main intentions of going, taking this particular summer stock job, summer, summer stock job, back in Queens, one of these, <laughs> my particular intents was, taking this job was um, to have an affair and to uh, like, have sex with other people besides this boyfriend who I you know was really nice, but I didn't want to continue with and who,
3: It's a great way to end it. Just have <laughs> Yeah,
1: so mature. I was such an enlightened person. I was such an asshole. Um, uh-huh. And so um, I was like, yeah, I got to go away to Simmerstock and have an affair. So I chose this company because it had a lot of guys in it. And it actually looked like it was the company that had more straight guys, you know, just from like a, a random sample. What yeah. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. As it turns out, I wasn't even supposed to be in this company when I showed up for the first day. Um, yeah. But uh, they took me anyway. So, uh
2: was there a common like rec room or something? Like wh- where did the pool table? So
1: the pool thing happened in. Uh, God, I'm 90 sure that it That's happened way at. The better
2: than any percentage that Ian has ever been certain in any <laughs> <Yes. case. laughs> This is like, concrete for him.
1: Time streams are really fluid for Ian. Like he's okay with whichever one bleeds over to whichever one he adjusts. So I understand. With this setup, which it had like this bar with okay. so many quotation marks around it. And you know, it was like, um, it never passed a health code, any health code, I think it had like food and drinks and it had a pool room yeah. and had like a yeah. pool table. I think the pool table was like, okay. But anyway, so there's this guy that, um, he pursued me, I wasn't interested in him. And then I was like, ah, drunk and drinking shots of Jack Daniels. And I said to him, all right, well, if you beat me at pool, you can have me. And so, um, so I lost.
2: Awesome. Apple.
1: And, and that's exactly party. where the story
2: picks up right there. Because I know Ian says, Uh, who won?
0: He did. Excellent. Moving on. Yeah.
1: So we start this extremely hot affair. Um and uh it's fantastic.
0: Was he Greek by any chance? Italian. Mm, same thing. But
1: Barnum was Greek.
0: Right next to each other, Ian. I mean, well, I, I, yeah, and I don't mean, there's no mean, like, just a very sensual people. I mean, oh. a very, you know. Yes. Great pool yeah. players. Yeah.
1: I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a real bet. Like, it was, you could have thrown the game if you, if you were playing terribly. You could have made it happen. Oh, yeah, no, there was, there was no, I was, yes, no. And I was definitely drunk, and I was like, oh, yeah, I am sleeping with this man tonight. Like, that is happening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you had won that game of pool, you would have said, I win, I take you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And he would have been fine with that.
0: I can vouch for him in past tense. Yes, <laughs> that would have worked.
1: So, so we're having this mad hot affair. He has a girlfriend. I have a boyfriend, right? So that's like hotter too. whatever. It's ridiculous. And you know,
0: it's all just. 20s, 22, 20.
1: I was young. Like I was a young, I'm always like a year behind everybody in school because I was a December baby. But um, so yeah, I was like, I was probably just 22 or just turned 23.
0: It doesn't excuse you being an asshole to your boyfriend, but we were all assholes to our boyfriends and girlfriends.
1: You know, I blame the patriarchy and these uh, artificial constructs of proprietary relationships uh, and the whole bullshit of like monogamy.
0: You Um, did bet your body.
1: Yeah, but it was totally in my control. Um, Fair it's enough. Her body to bet. She can bet it if she wants. And I'm a product of this neurotic, you know, construct that my brain is in. I can't really escape how I was raised. I'm, I'm hoping that I did a better job with my child. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so we're having this like hot, fun affair and he's definitely a dick, like hitting on other
3: women.
1: <laughs> I like. We're shacking up together and we're in a company where we're about to do Oliver and then we're going to do The Sound of Music. So the children are coming.
0: Mm, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, they are. Yeah. So. To perform. To perform in the yeah. company. We're getting like, the children. And right. one thing about this guy, um, oh, many things, but this guy is, you know, a good person at heart, right? So like just a dick about women at that time and later on for sure that had nothing and all kinds of great things I found out about him later, wish I'd known then. Um, And not that he's gay, although that was an interesting, yes, whatever. Um. <laughs> So
2: I'm about I like that Karen looks and there's like these tentacles, and she's like, "Do I follow yeah. this one?" It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yep. Which door would you
0: like to open? She's, and she's like, "Which one has sex?" But she's actually whiteboarding her own story,
1: <laughs> and it's a problem because I have just hit this crossroads where I realize the whole story about how I got Artful Dodger is a story in of itself oh. that I'll try to make very brief. Which do is, it. love it. I know it's hard because you guys met me at a certain point in my life when I was already an adult. But I, um, I'm, a, I was, I'm innately a very earnest person. I mean, ironic, but like I don't do subtlety real well, and, um, and I'm, I tend to be a little bit ahead, slower thinking people. Also, I'm a really hard worker when it comes to theater. I, you know, like, the living conditions were terrible. Never did I complain, except, like, in a fun way, because I was doing theater. Like, right. I was fucking yeah. heaven. I'm, like, hanging lights during the day and rehearsing all day and filming every night. I mean, and I'm having great sex. Like, A little
0: knee on the side. Did you make some money? Were you getting paid?
1: <laughs> like, $300 a week. <laughs> <laughs> to go spend on ice cream in, in um, New Hope, you know?
0: Whatever the fuck you wanted?
1: So uh, the next show, like, the, the, there's a new director for each show. I forgot who our director for Barnum was. I'm sure they were wonderful. Who remembers? Opening night at Barnum, like, the scrim got caught, and there was a flame at it. And, like, the opening of the second act, and the whole company's behind the scrim singing, like, the song is a choral song, and the the, the scrim catches on fire. Oh, it's just like no. another night. Mm. Um. So the, so the new director comes in and we're going to do Oliver and I audition or I don't get pa- I I thought I was in the company because I thought that I was going to be Artful Dodger, which is the, like the role I always wanted to play. And I knew like, you know, I spent my entire college career when I wasn't playing a whore, I was playing some gamine you know, ad- adorable whores, you know, like Sally Bowles kind of whores. But yeah. um,
0: my
2: favorite, my favorite whores. Right.
1: So top top I,
2: 10 whores of all time.
1: I played the first role I ever did in college was Girl in Hot L, if you guys know the play. She's this innocent whore um, in this comedy by Lanford Wilson who's obsessed with trains. Um, anyway, so I figure I'm going to play the gamine. Like I have short hair and I'm a dancer and, and I'm an actor and yeah. I can do a Cockney dialect like nobody's business. But I don't get cast. And so I earnestly and sincerely ask the director, I go, it's totally fine. May I understudy? Because I really want to learn the part. I've always wanted to play the part. And she's like, sure.
2: And you're like, and I'm not afraid to take another actor out.
1: That's right. <laughs> I <laughs> swear on my own soul, that was not my intention. What? I swear to you. No, I, And honestly, like I said, like I preface this. Like, I am less, um, uh, uh, what is it? Rob, um, uh, what's, well, what's the word I always get accused of with an M, besides Machiavellian? <laughs> nice
0: kiss. Mercenary. You. mercenary. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it? A mercenary. Mercenary. Ah. I you can forgot be mercenary. You, you were always accused of being a
2: mercenary? She's like her own A-team. She's a, a one-person A-team. <laughs> you were. I thought you were going to be the Tanya Harding of the story.
0: It's story's ah, not over yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think this <laughs> is Thank you for saying that name. I, I've, been, I've been thinking that name the whole time. I was just like, I can't, I can't. A big I can't
1: part can't. for Tanya. Karen,
2: Karen's already set up the preface of a, a, a flammable scrim. So she's already uh, got yeah. it in her mind that mm. shit burns. She's already so many things she's put it all
0: together in her mind. She indeed does burn
1: so the first day of rehearsal starts and I, I i i do honestly like my intent was just to learn the part because i was i'm happy like i was a kid in college who like you know stayed understudied other roles like i love theater this is what i've done my whole life i've never done anything else
3: can i ask you a question karen you you, you didn't get cast in oliver but you decided you offered to be an understudy are you still getting paid
1: yeah oh i was i was in oliver i was like a street urchin or something Got it. Like, okay. We all got paid the same. Like, nobody, this is non-union. Like, we all yeah. got whatever ridiculous pay it was. Yeah. Um, right, and, you,
0: you said, I want, I want more. I want to learn that role. I want to, I want to soak it all up. I, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to Why not? that person in their cast? That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and the director also doesn't want to be bothered. It's just like, eh. Yeah. She was the Dennis Rodman. She was the Dennis Rodman of the crew. She doesn't
1: really get to know the company she gets the company that was given to her so you know now as an adult who's cast scores of shows like that's kind of a nightmare in of itself you get what the producer tells you and so what was cast was this uh young man who was one of the producers darlings they were like very theater kitty very musical theater kids who were like always the leads in everything who were very jazz hands yeah. and like had very performative kind of, you know, bad theater habits and vocal habits and acting habits.
0: We've and all I seen did. that show.
1: Exactly. He was Tom Thumb and Barnum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. Little a feat for Dodger. Mm-hmm. So I had definitely bigger balls than he did for sure. And um, I, and the director is also like me. She's a director choreographer. So like, she, I get up and I just get behind him. And within ten minutes, mm-hmm. the rehearsal stops. He is recast, and I am
0: dodger.
2: Wow! Wow! Didn't you just say? Like didn't you say at the beginning of the story that usually you're the almost fired on day one? That's like a bump. You got like a promotion on day one. Well, I'm always, like it used to
1: be that I also was always hired by everybody because like I'm a great cold read and I always I don't get nervous at rehearsal at auditions.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I love them because I've always you know, even before I had formal improv comedy training, I'm an improviser. Always have been, you know, and I love it. I like, and also I used to be really close to photographic and in terms of my memory. Yeah. Um, like I could look at a script once and not have to look at it again.
2: Do you, do you feel like in auditions, directors would be like, oh yeah, I can, I can tame her. I can tame, and then like nine minutes in, they're like, I can't do this. <laughs> uh, it, it's her show. Well,
1: Kevin, that is so much deeper than you have any idea. Like that is not this story. But that's that every other the one. the story of my life.
0: But well, wait a second, wait a second. I, I don't want to skip over this. This is quite literally, the actor's dream. Oh, yeah. The the the, the idea that you would be beh- sort of behind the scenes, but you were prepared and ready and working harder and focused, and you were spotted. And somebody said, that kid, who's that? No, you're, fuck you, you're fired. Is that it went down? It then, was, it was geez, nicely done, but yeah. That's, that is why, you, like, you think, Every time you step on stage, you think you're better than everybody else. And we're all lovey-dovey, and it's fantastic. But the idea that she lived the story, the, the dream, that you were picked out, and you were said, nope. The- every single
2: person on this podcast has been on stage with Ian. And we all know how Ian feels about every single one of us
1: now. <laughs> I'm the best. I don't, I really, like,
0: I, I I don't know what to say. I'm just very happy for <laughs> Karen that she lived that. That's that, awesome. It it's was very,
1: fantastic very and I got real, accused like, of setting it up, but I didn't set it up.
0: Of, like, of course not. I'm just saying that's a very real actor's dream that you will be plucked from obscurity to, to put, be, put center stage. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened.
1: I used to just think, I mean, when I was young, I used to just assume that people would see me Sure. And then understand that I'm, I am me. I, I honestly think it's because I'm so quick in my head, like my brain. I like, you know, because I am a certain kind of smart that I stand out because I'm already not worried about other stuff.
0: Karen, you're, 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 I mean, we don't need, like, we're, we've gone too far. You're, you're an undeniable force. Take it or leave it.
1: That's well that that relates more to Kevin's thing too and me being an actual, you know, weather system that comes in. We could talk about that's like we do like when you guys would do like deep psychology punch up. I, mean, back. That's what
0: I mean like, you know, like you take it or leave it. This this guy was like, Nope, I was wrong. That's the person. Let's do this. Just it's not malice. It's just like, whoops, we made a mistake. She's up front, you're out back. Take care. Good luck, everybody. Here we go.
1: So that is what happened. And I, and I wound up kind of betraying her a little bit, this fantastic director, a little bit, um, because of the throes of sexual Congress and the, the uh, incredible (laughs) compellingness of my, of my sexual, um, um, whatever drug that I was under. But so I get Dodger and, and I do a fantastic job and it's great. Oh my God. I cannot tell you how happy I am. I've got like this amazing costume and I, it's a dream role, I get to dance and sing, and the paramour is playing Bill Sykes. Oh.
3: What (laughs) what do those words
0: mean that you just said?
1: So my lover at the time is cast as the villain in the play. He's cast as Bill Sykes.
0: Thanks for asking, Steve. Yeah,
3: now for the, for the lay (laughs) person.
1: Who said (laughs) paramour? Paramour, that's some, is that a person who works in a legal office? um
3: (laughs) no it's a tv channel i think isn't it it probably is hbo max yeah paramore hbo max that's what it is my bad yep
1: (laughs) it's all outlander all the time
0: oh
1: my god so much male parts (laughs) so nice anyway i'm doing the show so the kids in our company who we've kind of taken on sort of parental roles, because like I said, this guy's an asshole in a lot of ways, but he loves children and, and he's a good guy, which only, you know, made my pheromones just crazier because he was like great with kids. Very tall guy, That's attractive. Um, so anyway, I'm just thinking about it. It was a pleasant part of the summer. So, but the kids would witness like Bill Sykes and Arthur Dodger making out backstage all the time, so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: or like how good was he with kids
1: he's a good guy not he would never do anything he was just a good guy on that account but like we would like you know where can you have sex you have sex in the coffin backstage right of course in the booth like where can you do it and not get caught by the kids so we do awful dodger and i mean we do oliver and we do it at bucks and we do it at at falmouth and, and we do it at um pocono playhouse and then we go into rehearsal for the next play, which is The Sound of Music.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. These are all the places you had sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. Yes. Everywhere. Um,
0: it just so happens the play was also there.
1: Right. And also the, the visits to the local doctor, because who doesn't get cystitis when you're like,
0: Hey oh, now. Sex. Hey now. <laughs> hey, oh. sorry, yeah.
2: Not, yeah. Not to, not to interrupt Ian's glasses, but uh, Karen, so you hit these places three times. So you would go from, booyah the massachusetts back to pennsylvania to massachusetts for every one of the shows Are we talking about the play yet
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right i'm i'm working a joke in here you got it keep working it
1: <laughs> it's really good steve it was really good thank you karen i knew it so um The next director comes in because the next show is Sound of Music and I'm like, what are they going to do with me? I'm an alto. I'm a, I'm a, I was a second. Like I have a decent second, like more than decent voice. Like I have a really high belt. So I was a good second and I'm, but an alto, better an alto. And I'm, what do you do with Sound of Music? I'm, I'm not playing one of the kids. They have actual kids. So I'm very curious as to what I'm going to be. And this pretty famous guy, like Broadway guy comes up the guy who was in Torch Song Trilogy who took over for Harvey. Um no, shit. Yeah, so he comes up to direct Phil Baster. I hope he's still alive. He is, I love him so much. And of course, he immediately starts calling me Sister Tatinu because he sees me as our full dodger and he's going to cast me as a nun. Um, this is where I'm leading in this, in this story.
3: There's a lot of nuns in that show, right? There's.
1: I am Sister Bert. Early, early on. Sister Bert's the Second Soprano. She sings, she climbs a tree and scrapes her knee. Her dress has got a tear. Um, hmm. She's pretty down on Maria. She doesn't want Maria to be a nun. She's got some opinions about Maria not really being a good nun.
2: I know those nuns.
1: Uh, well, right. I was like, tonight, today I was thinking, oh my God, there isn't a Jew among these people on this podcast. There's a lot of Catholics and there's Jess. I'm Jew adjacent, so. You are so Jew adjacent. Yeah. Um. And you all do comedy so you're all part of the tribe in that way you know um so uh we do we're doing sounds of music and so we're, not only i'm playing a nun and my paramour is also what is he playing he's definitely playing a nazi um and i and we all play party goers so we would do things to the kids like during the party scene when they'd sing so long farewell auf we would turn upstage stage to watch them and we would destroy them we'd like put lady fingers on our teeth and Black our teeth out and just try to break them. Break them. Nice. And they were so, oh my God, most of them were so cute.
0: Yeah, kids don't break.
1: The kid who played Oliver was a bit of a fragile.
0: Say it. Yeah, he would
1: be upset if I grabbed his arm a lot. But other than
0: that,
1: I wasn't going to say. So we're doing Sounds of Music and we open in box. And I think this happened in Falmouth. So I think opening night in, I think this all happened the same night. So at one point in opening night, um, later on in the show, uh, there's a bat that flies in during Climb Every Mountain, like gets in the, the mother out of
0: that's,
2: that's right up your alley. There we go. <laughs> Call Just, Mary.
1: All these things happen. But at the beginning of the show, my paramour and I, are in Falmouth Playhouse, which is like all these playhouses are so cool on one level because they've all been occupied by some of the greatest American actors right. that ever lived, right? And it's this history. You know, you have uh, the Barrymores and all these places, and and Booths, and you know forest, like like all these famous people, and their are pictures from the twenties. So like, there's the whole Cole Porter thing, and it's so cool. We're in Falmouth and Falmouth is situated on the water, but like on a golf course. So Lover and I are like, we've got like an hour before curtain, or you know, before half hour.
2: And there's 18 holes out here. Let's use them. So let's hit the back nine.
1: Well, okay, (laughs) no, but But, um (laughs) It was it the AIDS epidemic had already started and things were, you know, we were much more we were safe then. Um safer. Uh Oh, we weren't so safe, but anyway, um,
2: You already told us you were 23. We know what you were.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we were, I don't know, at the eleven hole.
2: <laughs> Any? Really? Okay.
1: And, um, you know, and then it's curtain and we've got to run and we're like, shit, oh, it's half hour. So we run back and run. And I don't know if you guys all know the sound of music, how it opens. You're in the first thing. You're, you're in the first song. Exactly, and it starts off with um, "Oh God, I- I'm going to sing." Um, I wind up singing Monty Python instead of what it is, but it's a it's a it's a Latin chant. It's the lumberjack song, huh? It's the lumberjack. The lumberjack song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wee, 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 we we Yeah,
1: it's a out- Rex Admirabilis Atrium Fator Nobilis Dolce Dolce, and we're backstage, <laughs> and so we're singing Latin, and we've got our Bibles. Um, that's how it opens and then we, we the curtain rises and we're like coming out of prayers, out of whatever matins or whatever you sing first thing in the morning when you're a nun in in Austria. Um, and then we sing, you know, what, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Like she's coming up, she's a novitiate, are we gonna make her a nun? Yeah. And I have run so fast to get into costume and get ready. I'm like vocalizing on the way and I'm pulling my habit on and I've got my rosary around my waist and it's opening night up at Paramount Playhouse and all the producers are there, like all the big people are there and we get and uh, we start singing this song.
2: This is summertime too, right, Karen?
1: Yeah, it's August, July. It's like super summer.
2: humid in New England in the summer.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Did you wear the nun outfit to the 11th hole? <laughs> no, this story wouldn't have happened. If I had, it might have been a different story. <laughs> okay. Because we're singing our prayers, and as the curtain's rising, we're about to sing, and it strikes me that I am wearing no underwear. That is something that I've forgotten to put on.
3: It's at the 11th hole?
1: I'm sorry? It's, it's at the 11th hole. At the
3: 11th hole? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I you know you guys know me from improv and you know that when i'm not connected i totally can break if i'm not like in character like you can break me pretty easily but once i'm in character you can't get me anywhere like but i was in that place in between where i was like oh god and i'm about to sing and i just it just it all strikes me i'm like i'm this jewish girl from queens not <laughs> I'm, I'm a nun and i don't know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> And I start, I have an existential crisis where I just start laughing, like what the hell?
2: Oh no. What is,
1: why is my life, like th- my life has no meaning. This is absurd. <laughs> this can't
3: make sense. I
1: can't sing this song. <laughs> I am hysterical.
3: I'm like, she glides a tree and doesn't got a tail.
0: Like that. <laughs> oh, you just, you just went down like a penny. Penniless, like wormhole.
1: So I almost got fired.
0: (laughs) Almost. Almost.
1: I had these amazing reviews from the previous show. I was a little bit of like a, uh, like, you know, I was like the lowest end rock star you could possibly (laughs) fucking get. You
0: you couldn't pull it back. You couldn't, you couldn't get yourself back. You couldn't pull it together. You just like.
1: The only time I've ever broken like that ever again was like something that Doherty did. I I don't even remember what it was, but something that Kevin, only Kevin Doherty could make me do that ever again. He would just have to say one thing to me and he could just make me like out of body, forget my focus, like just break me. Um, But yeah, no, I had an existential, I had an nervous down like right there on stage.
0: (laughs) Was that opening night?
1: It was opening night at Falmouth Playhouse.
0: Did you get pulled off or did the show have to stop or did you just like, pull yourself away? No.
1: No, the other women were all singer, like serious singers. So like, you know, I'd say dancer, like actor, dancer first.
0: We're, singer, we're also dancer. having sex with your boyfriend.
1: Yeah. Uh, not at that point.
0: Not yet. Okay. Uh, they were like the seventh hole,
3: the third hole, maybe the 15th, different holes, different holes, Ian.